Welcome back, everyone, to Blue Collar Startup. I am your co-host, Mike Nelson, here with co-host and visionary founder of Blue Collar Startup, Derek Foster. Derek. Mike, how are we doing? Fantastic. Awesome. I'm feeling pretty good. Good. Although I ate a whole bunch of sushi uh, this afternoon at lunch, and I'm still kind of feeling that uh, that food con. I don't really normally eat a lot of food at lunch, but today was an exception. Too much wasabi. I'm a little sleepy from yeah. it, yeah. You look uh, good, too. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I got my fresh haircut, my summer haircut. Uh, thanks, Rad Russ up at Rad Razors. Uh, so we are... Well, first of all, let me start off with if, if this is your first time listening, uh, you know, typically what we're doing here is we're interviewing people in the blue collar industries. Sometimes it's business owners, sometimes it's managers. Today, we're joined by Jim Countryman from HVCC, also known as Hudson Valley Community College. And probably one of my favorite, I've never been there, actually, I've never been on campus. But just from what I've learned about that school in the last year from this podcast, actually, because we had another guest on from HVCC yeah. as well. Uh, for in the auto body. Mr. Matthew Perry. Mr. Matthew Perry, not to be confused with friends, Matthew Perry. And, uh, another great looking guy. Another great, right, yes. <laughs> Which one? The friends or the? Perry. Matt oh, Perry. Yeah. Matt Perry is. Yes. No, so, well. <laughs> so, um, but they just, they have a lot of great programs. Again, the blue collar industries are not typically college programs, right? And HVCC has gone a long way to create curriculum and programs for a lot of industries out there that um, that it's needed. And so we're excited to have Jim here with us today. Jim, thanks for coming. Man. Thanks for yeah, having me. Appreciate it. Happy yeah. to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And on this beautiful 75 degree it's, sunny day. We skip There's windows right this in summer. this room, though. They go a long way. It's, it's yeah. called Sprummer. Yeah. Okay. Sprummer. Yeah, it's the new term. <laughs> I think my kids told me that. It's Sprummer, Dad. It's spring, we still, summer. There's snow in the long term. <laughs> yeah. We'll get some snow. That's all right. You can open the uh, pool this weekend. <clears throat> two weekends. Two more two weekends. Weekend. And yeah. it's heated, so we're okay. So, uh, Jim, uh, you, you do... A few things over at HVCC, it sounds like. So, rather than me messing it up, why don't, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about... Uh, what you do. All right. So, well, I'm a graduate of the electrical construction and maintenance program, graduated from that program in 1999. And uh, remember having a conversation with my brother at, at uh, 18, 19 years old. What am I going to be when I grow up? We had, it was probably the first and only intelligent conversation I've ever had with my younger <laughs> brother. And uh, I remember we're sitting in the living room eating dinner, watching TV. And he says, you know who's got a cake job? Tim Fitzmorris. Tim Fitzmorris was our tech teacher in high school. I okay. Said, you know, yeah, but I, he did have a great gig, you know, H having absolutely no idea what goes into being a teacher. Right, right? It right. looks like fun. Oh, it's simple. You and, show up uh, to class and yeah, we do we it. both at that in, during that conversation, we both decided that we were going to go be technology teachers. Uh, my father's a licensed electrician, taught at Ulster County Bosey's for thirty two years before I retired. Uh, so both my brother and I uh, went to SUNY Oswego after I graduated from the ECM program. Um, had this conversation with my brother deciding, you know, what I want to do now. Do I want to keep going to school? Do I want to get into the trade? Was working for an electrical contractor. Um, transferred up to SUNY Oswego, got my degree in technology education. And uh, at the time that I was about to graduate from Oswego, ton of jobs in the in that field in, in, in technology teaching. And uh, my department chair from Hudson Valley, Joe Cerubi, uh, called me. His, my dad would bring his students up from Ulster County Boses on field trips for the electrical program. And uh, Joe says, hey, we, we've got an opening here. You want to come apply? So I'm sure I went and applied. And uh, here I am 20, I think 20 years later, I stopped counting. I'm kind of afraid of the counting. I don't yeah. want, you know, 20 years is a long time all of a sudden. Um, so I've been a, an instructor in that program for the last 20 years. I teach in the residential and commercial shop. Uh, our students are eight hours a week in a hands-on shop class. And uh, teach the theory classes, first-year theory classes. And uh, two years ago, uh, they did some restructuring of the administration, and uh, I also assumed a role as a program coordinator. So basically, our, our department chair is assistant. The department chairs now oversee a number of different programs. Mm -hmm. um, our department chair is, has an automotive background, uh, doesn't know a lot of the technical aspects of the heating refrigeration program, the electrical construction and maintenance program. So uh, they've got a program coordinator to help him through that part of his job. Uh, so yeah, uh, a lot of things going on. We also have an overhead line worker certificate program. I serve as the program coordinator for that program as well. So yeah. It's amazing uh, 
all the programs that they have over there actually. Yeah. Cause every time I talk to someone, it's like, I learned about one more, one more program. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've, we've got an electric vehicle program. They're mm-hmm. actually de- in development right now of an av- aviation mechanics program. Uh, they've got a hangar, I believe at, at Stewart or not Stewart airport, uh, Albany international airport that they're renting and uh, building a program to train aircraft mechanics. I don't know a lot of details, but I, I know that much, uh, heating refrigeration systems, overhead line worker. We have, a uh, uh, our students take a, uh, the first year of our electrical construction and maintenance program. Uh, they take a power utility systems course at night in their second semester. Then they go over for a 40 hour a week, three week pole climbing school over at uh, in, uh, Schenectady at National Grid's training facility. So National Grid, we partnered with them. They actually allow us to utilize their training facility for six weeks, two, two sections of three weeks. Uh, they get their OSHA certification for their pole climbing and uh, seek employment in the uh, uh, utility industry. So. Very wow. cool. What's enrollment like? Through the roof. Uh, for the technologies, uh, electrical construction and maintenance, heating, refrigeration, uh, automotive, uh, ECM program, uh, we have a wait list. We've, we're already wait listed for the fall. Um, the way it works, it's hard to say exactly how many are wait listed. Once we have the, so we take 96 students into our, our program per year for the full-time day students. Uh, we have another between 16 and 32, depending on how many sections they can run at our TechSmart facility in Malta. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we expanded up there a few years ago. Um, we also have an evening program. So students that are working full-time during the day or didn't get into the day program can go to school part-time at night, finish their two-year degree in, in three years, and they go two summers during that three years to finish up. Um, <clears throat> so enrollment's through the roof. We, we really It's hard to tell how many are on the wait list because once they have 96 students on the wait list, mm-hmm. then they send program filled letters because if you get, my understanding is, uh, if you get wait listed, they guarantee you a seat the next year. So they don't want to have too many kids on the wait list because then they're in trouble next year. Yeah. So who knows how many program filled letters they're sending out. So we, we tell students, you know, apply as soon as you possibly can and, and uh be a squeaky wheel. You know, where am I on the wait list? Do, do other schools have wait lists for... That sounds amazing. I'm, I'm wondering how that stacks up against other community college programs. That's a great question. I honestly... I know health sciences, uh, typically, you know, there's there's wait lists. Uh, a lot of the technologies... I Honestly, the the liberal, liberal arts and, and general education, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just... I know how dire it is that we need people in those trade programs, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so it's like, it's, absolutely. it's nice to hear that there's, that they exist, number one, but number yeah. two, that there's so many people interested in yeah. them that oh, you're, yeah. you're there's getting a huge interest. And you know, um, my, where the money is, my, it is, it really is. My predecessors, um, built an amazing program. They really mm-hmm. did. Um, you know, we're all right now kind of riding the coattails and, and riding the wave of, of what these guys built. <clears throat> Certainly we've added to it. Um, we've had a lot of publicity, you know, that overhead line worker program mm-hmm. um, really kind of slingshotted things for us as well. Uh, there was a lot of publicity there. And then once the word's out, oh, I can go be a lineman out of this program. National Grid is going to hire me and pay me how much? Right. Sign me up. And, uh, you know, just about every one of our line worker students, um, dads, uncles, brothers, friends, all either came through the program, worked for National Grid, Central Hudson. Uh, so, yeah, that, that a few years ago uh, really uh, helped, helped our enrollment. What's the cost of a, an associate's degree? Um, so tuition for one semester is $2,400, in-state tuition. Um, so multiply that by four. Uh, there's, you know, they get you with a bunch of fees. There's five to six hundred dollars in, you know, your technology fee and your student activities fee, things along those lines per semester. So five, six hundred dollars per semester. Um, you know, so you're you're looking at, you know, between I'll say ten somewhere around ten grand for that two year degree. Let's call it fifteen for the sake of argument. Yeah. What are other degree programs cost? Like what are you know that I I just hear about the kind of college debt that kids are coming out of school with all the time with no guarantee of jobs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean I remember when I graduated from Oswego. Um, you know we're out there trying to decide what job we're going to take. My buddy Mike uh, installed carpet. You know through yeah. high school worked for a contractor. Mm-hmm. You know we went when he went home for summer vacation he's installing carpet for this contractor. And he's got his business degree, his four-year degree, just spent all kinds of money at SUNY Oswego, got his four-year degree. Uh, 
I was trying to decide, am I going to go to work for Hudson Valley? Am I going to go to work mm-hmm. for Red Hook uh, Middle School and be a tech teacher? What am I going to do? And he went home and worked for uh, the guy installing carpet for the next couple of years before he finally found a job, you yeah. know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, the demand is out there for our students. Um, anybody in the trades, you know, there's, there's a huge demand. And uh, the money's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tremendous it, it, value. I, I always joke that my students will go out there. You guys are going to make more money than me in two years. Yeah, you know? and it, they will. They're going to work more hours. I mean, that's the nice gig. That's the nice part about my gig is, like, I have the same schedule as the college kids. You know, right. um, but yeah, for them to go out there and, and I mean, they're making six figures pretty quickly soon after employment. Yeah. Yep. I know we've we've talked to a few people where they're you know, you've got kids that are coming. I say kids, you know, they're they're young adults, but you've got people in their twenties coming out of some trades programs oh, yeah. and they're making eighty, ninety thousand yeah. yep. dollars a year. Yep. Uh, and yep. you know, listen, I, if you're going to give me ninety grand in the first year, and yeah. all I got to do is invest two years and yeah. fifteen grand, yep. that's a hell of an investment. Absolutely. I had a student uh, last week. I said, "Hey, how's the job search going?" He says. Um, I just got an opportunity, uh, an offer, thirty-four bucks an hour, and he said he and he told me this, and I how much? He told me again, twenty-five thousand dollars sign-on bonus. Yeah, man, thirty-four bucks an hour, wow. twenty-five thousand dollars sign-on bonus. Kind of looking at him like, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some obligation on his yeah. part. He's probably got to stay there for five years or whatever. But it, it's a really good company, very desirable company to work for. We've got a ton of graduates working for this company, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. With overtime, he's doing well. Yeah. So if I'm a high school kid, and I'm I'm picturing myself back in my my high school days, but you know if I were cause I worked construction through high school and yeah. in college, um, but even if I didn't go to college, it would almost make sense to do the night program, work during the day, and you can you can essentially supplement your your income. It depends on who you are. Yeah. Um, the problem for a lot of kids is they're they're all or nothing mentality. Mm-hmm. Right? They're working, they're working. They're in school, they're in school. Um, once a young person, young ambitious person, goes to work and they start making money, they start buying stuff. And once they start buying stuff, they got to pay for that stuff, and they got to work more. And it becomes kind of that vicious cycle. Yeah. It's very hard for a student to um, go to school, a young student, go to school part time, work full time. Um, number one, time management is very difficult because there's some out of class, you know, yeah. stuff they got to do to make sure their grades are where they need to be. And then, oh, overtime pops up. Oh, my boss asked me to work. Oh, geez, I couldn't study this week. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, um, in, in most cases, I try to recommend to students if that opportunity is available, you know, you've got a supportive family, you've got the funding available to number one, pay for college tuition and so on. And number two, support yourself while you're going to school full time. Yeah. Get, get in, get out, get that two year degree, be a college student for two years of your life. You got the next 40 something years to, to work full time. Take advantage of it, uh, you know, go to school uh, full time and, and then reap the benefits of that degree when you graduate. Um, you know, the night program is great for students. Hey, couldn't get into the day program. So, OK, I got an opportunity to go at night or, hey, you know, my, my family doesn't have the fi- financial means to support me through school. Mm-hmm. So I have to work. Right. So I've got to work either a lot of hours part time or full time and go to school. Um, we have a lot of students that are a little bit older in their later 20s and 30s, 40s and 50s even, uh, that are looking to change careers. You know, they've been working for the state. I have two students right now working for the state, and they're going to retire, and they want to get out, and they want to go do something different, and they're going through this two-year degree program at night. Um, so uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of diversity as far as, you know, age and, and background in our evening program as mm-hmm. opposed to the day program. Large majority of the day program students are right out of high school or a lot of them are. I went to college and attempted my business degree or sociology degree or I thought I wanted to be a history teacher and now I have a plan and, and I want to go out there and, and get into a trade. So they're early 20s, you know, try and attempt number two at college and most of them are very successful. It's not for everybody. You know, that's one of the things that, that uh, I try to impress upon people that you know, going into the trades, it, it, it takes some talent, it takes some work ethic, it takes some skill. Um, and certainly we're teaching skill and we're, we're trying to do our best to help 
teach some work ethic, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's not a free ride. You know, we've had athletes coming through and my, my coach told me I should take this program because it'll be easy. And it's a little bit of a rude awakening. You know, it's, it's not easy. It's not uh, a walk in the park. It's like anything else. If, if you're in the right place, you're enjoying what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I use the analogy uh, with my students all the time. You know, I, I teach a commercial wiring class and teach them how to bend conduit, right? Install half inch, three quarter inch EMT. And it's it's a challenge in the beginning. You know, some students really struggle with it. And, uh, you know, my analogy is, all right, if you're a kid and you're playing baseball, um, you know, if, if you're good at it, you like it. If, if you suck at it, you probably don't like it. So if you want to play baseball and you suck at it and you're not having fun, you work your ass up, you practice, you yeah. work hard, and you get better at it. And when you get better at it, it starts to become fun, Right. But you reach a point, too, where you're going, uh, I think I'd be better playing lacrosse because I, I enjoy that more. So at some mm-hmm. point, you got to make that decision where, is this the trade I want to get into? Am I a tradesperson or is there some other avenue, you know? But I think, uh, yeah, overall, there's some great opportunities. And uh, if the students come in with the right attitudes, uh, some basic manual skills, you know, there's some kids that... Students that have a hard time tying their shoes, probably not going to be successful in the trades, you know. Mm-hmm. But if they come in with a little bit of uh, some manual skills and, and, and some, uh, you know, trade-oriented mindsets, uh, they usually do pretty well. So it's not necessarily about having a, a construction background like St. Leonard, like Derek grew up around it and, and did it, you know, during high school and stuff. But um, not so much having a construction background, but at least knowing... The difference between a flathead and a Phillips head screwdriver, or you know, <laughs> or, or, I, I, or a cave, they don't even know. That. I, I start off day one, and my my joke on day one is: Listen, kids, we assume you know absolutely nothing about mm-hmm. this trade. Okay, my first lesson is: This was the black wire, and this is the white wire. What color is this wire? <laughs> and they all say black. And I wait, what 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 color is this wire? And they all say white. Okay, we're moving on. Here's yeah. what they do, right? Uh, but no, I assume they have absolutely no background. I remember a few years ago, early on in my career, um, I'm, I'm showing them how to use knockout punch set, right? Mm-hmm. Make knockouts in metal boxes. And uh, we've got the old ratchet type, and then we show them the hydraulic, and one kid raises his hand, what's a ratchet? A ratchet, you know, like a ratchet, socket. And he's shaking his head no. And I'm going, okay, hold on, stand by. And I run in the storeroom, and I get the socket set out, and I show them what a ratchet is, you know, and and... The large majority of the students were kind of like, okay, really? This kid had no idea what a ratchet was, you know? So um, I've I've had students, you know, literally the first time they've had tools in their hands were mm-hmm. in my shop class. Um, I, I had a kid, or again, early on in my career, and this is when I kind of learned that they don't... So I had that background, right? My father's a licensed electrician. My father was a teacher. I worked with him since, you know, I was old enough for my mother to be like, get this kid out of my house, take him to work before <laughs> I kill him, you know? Uh, so off to work with dad, I went, and I didn't realize until I was older how much I learned at a very young age is mm-hmm. watching dad, you know, playing with the tools, not really even working with them, you know? Um but yeah, they uh, they're, they're all over the place as far as their their experience with tools and and uh, their background. And sometimes I oh, this kid I was going to talk about Carl. Um, one of the first things we do is splice wire together. Okay, guys, take fourteen gauge wire, strip the ends off. You're going to make a two wire splice. Do three of them. Show me. Make a three wire splice. Show me. Make a four wire splice. Show me. Do a couple different types of oddball splices. And uh, I, I can learn a lot about their mechanical ability at that point watching them do what they're doing you know so this kid carl was struggling i'm looking at him like man I don't know. you know so and he was obvious he was very uh, aware of how much he was struggling which is good a lot of kids they're mm-hmm. struggling and don't know it you know um so i said look but i'm thinking this kid he'll be gone in a week or two you know <laughs> And he says, can I take some wire home and practice? I said, sure. And we cut some wire, took it home, came in the following Monday. Perfect splices, right? And he says, look, at, he goes, he's got blisters on his fingers. He's got little, you know. And he was working all weekend on making splices. Yeah. And uh, he was a straight-A student. And I uh, got a job as a lineman for Central Hudson. Again, making way more money than I make, doing really well. <laughs> he's probably been there for 18 years now. Um, but that was early on in my career. Okay, we got to give these guys a chance. You know, you can't write somebody off because they're not bringing the the, the background with them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's interesting. It, he hit a roadblock, and uh, 
you know, took it upon himself to, to learn. Oh, yeah. you know, yeah. That's impressive. And that's what you want. You know, yeah. you want to see these kids with some ambition. Sometimes you got to pry it out of them, too. Yeah. You know? um, one of the things, and I, from my own experience, I mean, I was, I, I had a conversation with my students today. Uh, we had some, you know, they're, it, it's 13th grade for a lot of these kids. They're young kids. They, you know, and uh, I said, guys, I'm, I'm kind of yelling at him a little bit and I said guys I'm you 25 years later you got to realize that I understand who you are I get it you know uh so I have to go back sometimes and remind myself of who my students are you know and uh yeah so well and they and they don't they don't teach like do they still have wood shop and metal shop and like I remember growing up like we had uh sixth grade was wood shop and then seventh grade you had an option of wood shop or metal shop and then eighth grade was definitely metal shop. And I remember, I think in seventh, I actually did both wood and metal shop. And I, and I loved metal shop because it was, we were welding and doing all sorts of crazy. We were making knives and shit. Like it was yeah, great. But they, I don't think um, they, I, cause I keep asking my kids, I'm like, do you guys have like shop class? And they're like, well, we've got STEM. Yeah. Right. So the, the Whatever shift. The hell that is. Yeah. Back, <laughs> I'm going to say late nineties, early two thousands. There was that big shift from industrial arts, right, mm-hmm. uh, to technology education. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it went from more trades based learning to more technology based learning, right? More computer aided. Yeah, look at that, how more, that's right? working out for us and, right now, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, uh, and, and the VOTEC, the BOCES programs, yeah. I mean, they're there. Um, you know, they're not necessarily being marketed to the right folks. You know what I mean? The students that are going through the BOCES program aren't always the ones that are going to be most successful in those BOCES programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're a great feeder for our program. You know, they really are. So, yeah, I think we're failing our students, uh, our kids uh, in, in the, you know, the middle schools and the high schools. The technology programs are there, um, but I don't think they're they're working up to the potential that they should be we in my opinion we should really be exposing kids to trades you know mm-hmm. here's here's a real metal shop and we don't have to teach them necessarily marketable skills at that level but just show them what's out there you yeah. know and you know a lot of times you know kids will come on field trips and they're looking at our shops and going their eyes are like wide open. Like, what do you? They have no idea these trades exist. You know, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of it, I think, stems from the fact that you know. And, and I'm not, I'm not downplaying the importance of the guidance counselors and the and the, the, the high school, and middle school teachers. And I'm, I'm not saying they're not doing their best. Um, they're doing what they know, right? Their their background is, hey, I, I went to high school, I went to a four year college, I got my master's degree, and they haven't been exposed mm-hmm. to this stuff, you know. And it's hard for them to, they're not familiar with something. How can they expose their students to that, you know, information? So a lot of times, we reach out through our admissions office to the the guidance counselors and so on. And we actually have an open house uh, this Friday. Uh, we've got three BOCES programs coming and. Um, my brother uh, is some, is buddies with. He's also a technology teacher, mm-hmm. so we both went to SUNY Oswego, got our tech degree. So my, I'm a, my brother, myself, my father, uh, my girlfriend, and my sister in law are all all teachers. You know. Oh yeah. And uh, there's a association of technology teachers that I've reached out to, and my goal is to get them to Hudson Valley. Hey, here's all the programs we got going on. Let's set something up where you get your kids to take a look at this stuff mm-hmm. once a year. You know. Um, it's like what you guys are doing. If you can get the information out there, people will come to you. you know? Yeah. Sooner or later. Yeah. Hopefully sooner. Yeah. Than, right. Than right. Later. <laughs> You'll have a wait list in no time. Oh, uh, let's hope. Let's hope. We'll keep pushing. Got to get in front content, of the, though. get in front of the youth. That's it. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so as you look at kind of the whole system as a whole right now, right? Like the, the education system coming up through high school, coming into the college, coming into what I'm now going to, I'm going to call you guys the blue collar college now. Uh, I like that. That's a compliment. Yeah, right. Um, so what kind of like, what kind of, I guess, advice would you give kids that are trying to figure out or they're considering their options or, you know, like what, what would you tell them to do if they're not sure, they're unsure if blue collar college is for them? Don't be afraid to try, you know, don't be intimidated by it. Um, I think there's a lot of it. There's an intimidation factor. I think students walk through our labs and shops and they see, I mean, you know, the first year of our program is residential commercial construction. Not horribly intimidating. You walk into our second year courses, 
um, you know, we're automation, instrumentation, process control. I mean, it's high-tech, computer-operated, automated manufacturing systems that mm -hmm. we're teaching our students to design, build, and maintain. Um, it's some pretty intimidating technology they're looking at. And I think students often feel like um, if they don't have that background, that other people do. And um, I think they're afraid to, to make that leap, make that jump and, and get their hands dirty. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I would encourage them to, to take that risk, take that chance and, and, and jump in with both feet. Um, you know, this is another conversation I have with students all the time. You know, week four or five student comes to me and I have that conversation with them early on. Listen, if you're not having fun, you might not be in the right place. Right. But you got to put 110 percent in. Right. Um, this goes back to the baseball analogy, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not practicing, don't expect to get good. And if you're not good, don't expect to have fun, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, the student comes to me and says, you know, I, I don't think this is for me. And nine times out of ten, my response is, how do you know? You haven't done anything yet. You know, the work ethic's tough, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, this generation, the younger students, I know we beat this to death, but... Um, you know, the work ethic is, 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 is tough. So, well, uh, and it, I mean, do you think that we, we help? Because I just had a talk with my 12 year old the other day yeah. about this stuff and, and talking about like how bad you want it. Yeah. Like, cause I know like if you mm -hmm. want to be the best baseball player right. ever and you suck at baseball, mm -hmm. how bad do you want it? Yeah. It yeah. means how hard you got to work, right? Comes that, and that's it. That's why oh, I say that. Like, yeah, but he's going to go to baseball practice now and he's going to be on the losing team and he's still going to get a trophy. That's the problem, yeah. right? Everybody's getting a trophy. Hey, it's okay. You don't have to be good at it. We'll still push you along. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. You graduated. Uh, you got an F in everything, but that's okay. You know, right. that's where we're, we're tripping, you know. Um, I mean, students get to me, and they've gone through that. Everybody gets a trophy high school career, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, it's like uh, it's culture shock. I mean, I got I to gotta do homework. I have to study. I have, right. I have to show up yeah. every day, you know. And that's one of my biggest challenges. I, I think I spend 25% of my time uh, motivational speaking, <laughs> you know. To the kids in your program. Yeah, guys, here's what here's the expectation. You got to show up. You got to do that. Hey, you, come here and talk to me one-on-one -on -one out in the hall. What's going on? You know, it, it takes that to get these kids motivated. You know, number one, they've, you've got to show them the light at the end of the tunnel. Here's the opportunities that you want to be successful. Here's the path to success, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and then even when you show them that path to success, that success story for them at their age seems so far away that they're living in the moment right now and it's nice out and uh, I'm going outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, rem I remember as a, as a kid, I remember how fast the time went. And I remember as a, you know, as a, a fourth semester student at Hudson Valley Community College, Thinking, oh, I got plenty of time, so I got to think about finding a job. You blink your eyes and you're going, uh-oh, I'm graduating. And you're, and you're 46. But why is this? I'm wearing a cap and gown. How'd this happen? You know, and now, yeah, now I'm 44 going, yeah. what, am I, what do I want to be when I grow up? You know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, I think the biggest thing I would tell students is, number one, don't be afraid to, to, to invest in yourself and and. And, and go for it. Mm -hmm. But when you go for it, go for it. Put yeah. in 100%. You know, I was saying before, that, that conversation with the students is, how how do you know it's not for you? You haven't done anything yet. Don't tell me it's not for you when you haven't put your effort forward and and proven to yourself that you can do this, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, but, kids quit really easy. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. And it takes a lot. And I, I, I give my colleagues credit. You know, we're all kind of in that... But most of us are graduates from the program, and most of it's ha most of us share this mindset. And uh, there's a lot of motivation going on uh, in our building. There really is. Where we we uh, we really bond with our students. We have uh, we 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 take an initiative to get to know our students, you know, on a personal level, and, mm -hmm. and try to figure out what makes them tick and and feed them what they need to to be successful and, and move on in, in the in the field. You know. So what is the, and I'm curious, what does the relationship look like with employers in the area? Um, it, I mean, we've, it's great. We, uh, all of us, uh, most of us in our program have worked in the trades. Um, we, we've become very familiar with many of the employers. I, I would say almost the majority of the employers um, are either former graduates of our program or they have graduates of our program working for them. So mm -hmm. the connections are just endless, you know. 
Um, we're now having, uh, we have a new department chair who's kind of been pushing this, which is great. It's a, it's a lot of work on our part, but it's great that he's, he's supporting this and kind of pushing this. But, uh, we've had career fairs now, uh, every semester for, for a while since COVID. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we have, we have to shut it off. Otherwise our, we don't have enough room in our building to set up tables for potential employers to yeah. come in. And, uh, you know, I would say. 80 percent of those employers uh, either have hired our students in the past or are actually graduates of our program coming through. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I get phone calls on my cell phone on a weekly basis anyway from you know people I've worked with or former graduates of the program. Or, um, hey, I'm looking for somebody. You got anybody? Send me a flyer, you know, and we'll post it. So your placement rate is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I I can. I can tell what I I tell students I, I tell potential students uh, that we have a hundred percent job placement right we get a yeah. field trip full of Bosey's kids coming in I, I say guys we have a hundred percent job placement now here's the deal there there are students that will walk through that door that are not cut out for the trade right they're not mature enough ready to actually put the mm-hmm. time effort work in to be mm-hmm. successful in anything mm-hmm. um, they walk in thinking hey I can do this and it's not my thing right they're you know, I want to be a track star, but uh, I can't jump more than three, you know, two feet. Whatever, you know, it, yeah. it's, not everyone's cut out for every aspect of, of our trade. Um, so, you know, of the students that come into the program geared towards being successful in the trade, uh, they put the time in, they show up every day, they work hard. I can't name a name, and tell a story of a student that could not find employment. You know, the, the biggest challenge for the students that have a hard time um, it usually comes back to, um, and when I say this, it's not an insult to those students, but personality traits, right? Um, I, I had one individual a few years ago, one of the best students. He was a, actually one of my father's students, mm-hmm. uh, came through our program. Kid was phenomenal. I actually hired him to work for me uh, the summer, I think, between his first and second year. And uh, I kept in touch with him. He's hard, having a hard time finding a job. And he was this kind of kid. Bobby, how you doing today? He'd look down and go, good. You know, what's going on? He'd look down and go, nothing. You know, so while this kid brought brought it all to the table, you know, I'm sure his interview skills were atrocious, right. you know. And he ended up getting a great job. I, I don't remember. He's, he's from down Ulster County area. Um, I don't remember where he went to work. He reached out to me maybe five years ago. He's now looking to hire He'd moved up in the company. He's a in a supervisor position. Nice. And he's now looking for me to, to wow. recommend somebody to hire. You know, so he did well. Uh, but you know, I I think most of the time it's uh, <clears throat> how ambitious are the students in seeking employment. You know, I have this conversation every day with these kids. Hey, how's the job search going? Well, I haven't. I'm going to wait till I graduate. Okay, why? Well, you know, hey, they're hiring. Get your resumes out there right mm-hmm. now. You know, we have a course called Trade Skills Development, um, kind of a technical writing class, a one-credit course they take in the fall of their second year. And uh, the, the focus on that course is making sure that they, they have a quality resume. They've got the cover letter. They've got all the stuff ready to go. <clears throat> we'll do mock interviews and, mm-hmm. and, you know, talk about the job search with them. So we try to get them those tools as well, you know. Uh, but yeah, the large majority of the students are out there with, you know, the, their biggest stress is figuring out which employer to go with as opposed to, am I going to get a job, you know? <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I was just thinking about it. Yeah, it's uh, how to phrase it quite like, I'm just, again, I'm just, com- I'm curious as to like how that compares to other I don't. I don't want to make it about the college institutions, mm-hmm. but I just. But but other degree programs and other fields, because I like, you know, part of the reason for this podcast in general is to help people understand the need for blue collar industry yeah, and for so, trades. So, in in my view, um, it's not necessarily about the trade. It's about a trade. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're going to school to go to school, or you're going to school to prepare yourself to go to school more. You know, where are your opportunities, right? Um, when you're going to school specifically 
to go to work in a field, in a trade, whether it's health science, whether it's, you know, any of the trades, whether it's, uh, you know, you want to be a fireman or a police officer or whatever, you're going to get a job. Mm -hmm. You know, if you do the research, you know, we have students that want to transfer to uh, Oswego or transfer to uh, Pennsylvania College's technology or, you know, get in a building automation. My, they asked me for advice. What do you think I should do? And I said, I think you should go do your research. I think you should go to that college. I think you talk to an advisor, talk to the students, mm-hmm. find out what their job placement is, find out where the students are going to work, and talk to the employers. Yeah. Right? Find out what that potential future looks like for you before you make that decision. I would say that to high school kids. You know, uh, Go out there and do the research. It, are there jobs in this field? When I was graduating from Oswego... Uh, there were, you know, there was like 40-something technology teacher openings in the state, you know. Um, it's nowhere near that right now. Right. You know, that that side of our, our world has, has uh, you know, shrunk considerably. You know, I think there's, I don't remember the number, but I mean, there's, there's I want to say there was like eight graduates from the tech program or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or not, maybe it was Buffalo's program, but it's nowhere near what it was 20 years ago. You know, so there's there's ebbs and flows with, with you know, with every trade, with every, you know, career path. But um, I think that's the, one of the more important things is to do, do your homework and, and find out what the opportunities are going to look like when you graduate from that, that program. Do you see like, um, so I know that I always, and maybe it was my own, perception, but it always seemed like maybe there was a, um, I don't want to say a prejudice, but like a, a, a two-year school was looked down on by the four-year schools and, you know, trades are looked down on by some of the more white-collar professional services stuff. Is that is that still something you see? Is that... You know, I, I think that's human nature, right? Yeah. We, we all like to look down on the other person because <laughs> it makes us feel better, yeah, right? Yeah. Right? Mr. Mrs. PhD is going, oh, those blue-collar folks. And, and Mr. Blue-collar folk or Mrs. Blue-collar folk is looking at those PhDs going... You can't do what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's just human nature. I think that's uh, going to continue on forever. Um, I think the reality is that, uh, you know, there's opportunities on both sides. I think that, uh, you know, the the folks that choose to go the blue collar route are choosing that route because that's who they are. Yeah. Right? Uh, they have talent. They have skills. They have interests that point them that direction. Right. Uh, the folks that are going on to their four-year degrees and master's degrees and PhDs and they're going into whatever they're going into, they've got a background. They've got, um, you know, interests. They've got uh, skills and, and intellect that allows them to go that direction. So, yeah, I think there's – I think that goes on. That prejudice is there, I think, on both sides. Yeah. Um, you know, when I when I talk to people in our field, you know, we like to badmouth those – Real, edu- real educated <laughs> folks that uh, couldn't survive a day uh, in this d- muddy ditch putting right, this right. PVC pipe together, you know. Yeah. Um, and sure, at the same time, you know, I think most most parents uh, are are pushing their kids to you know keep those hands clean, go to college. Yeah. Go to, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think you know reality catches up to everybody, and we end up going the, down the road that we're meant to go down. You know. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I, and it, what made me think of that too was just what you were saying about you know do your homework, and because I think if you're doing your homework, you're going to find out that like that blue collar stuff. There's plenty of money to yeah, be made, and absolutely. there's a lot of like we say all the time. There's a lot of millionaire plumbers out right. there, man, and right. like it's. Uh, to, you know, just to, if someone's listening and they feel that way, just like not to let that that prejudice or that Absolutely. stigma like sh- steer them away from sure, a two year sure. program. And I'll say that you know the 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 trades skills of 20, 30, 40 years ago are not the trade skills of today. You know, mm-hmm. there's the technology that our students are working with is, is state of the art. You know, yeah. there, there's there's a level of training, whether it's the automotive industry, whether it's the electrical industry, the air heating and air conditioning industry, everything is, is operated with a processor. You know, everything is computer operated, automated, happens automatically, all types of input output devices and sensors and programming and it's it's highly sophisticated technology mm-hmm. um so yeah the 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 now having said that we still need to run pipe and wire from the panel to that equipment mm-hmm. okay and we still need somebody to do that so you don't need to have that level of sophistication technology training to be a successful tradesperson mm-hmm. okay but um 
for those folks that are capable of and have interest in that aspect of the trade, uh, it's, there's there's countless opportunities out there. And, and where does someone go with a two year degree? So let's let's just say I'm uh, I come into one of your programs, trades programs. I get a two year degree, but I want to continue on with my education, my learning in some sort of blue collar trade or field. Sure. I, like, is there is there a next step education wise? So to, to work as a hands-on technician, mm-hmm. right, um, the answer is yes and no. Um, how, how far do you want your education to go? There's a, so I'll use an example of an automation specialist, right? So you go through the first year of our ECM program, residential commercial wiring. You're learning the basics. You're learning the basic AC and DC theory, um, how, how electrical circuitry works, right? You go through the second year of the program. You learn about power distribution. You learn about uh, automation technology, motor controls, programmable controllers, variable frequency drives, all this stuff, right? Um, now you're going to go to work for a company, right? You go to work for Honeywell. You go to work for... Uh, Rockwell Automation, uh, Siemens, whoever you go to work for, um, they're now going to train you on the, their equipment, right? So you've got the basics from that two-year degree program, okay? Um, you go to work for that company, and they're going to send you back to their school, and you're going to take your general knowledge mm-hmm. and now focus it on and apply it to their specific equipment that you'd be working on for that company, right? So um, to continue on, you know, bang for your buck, do you want to go get a four-year degree in automation? Yeah, I mean, that's great. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Right. Um, what are the potential better opportunities out there? Are there better opportunities out there? And, uh, you know, it really depends on where that person lands. So um, I think the, in my mind, the, the purpose of these two-year technology-based degrees, right? The electrical degrees, the HVAC degrees, the automotive degrees, um, is to teach the students the basics, okay? And one of the reasons that I can say we have 100% job placement is we've we've taught the basics, right? We've got a background in residential wiring. We've got a background in commercial wiring. They can bend pipe and install conduit. Um, They understand, you know, three-phase lighting control circuits. They understand motor control. They understand programmable controllers. They've worked with uh, automation systems. They've programmed PLCs. Um, They understand transformers and and power distribution. Um, So they've got a blueprint reading and estimating class that they've taken, right? They've taken the math courses. So they have, uh, they've been exposed to a, a huge variety of, different aspects of the trade. So now they do two things. What am I good at? What do I like? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the direction they go. Once they decide, okay, where am I going? That's when the learning, in my opinion, really takes place. Right. In my opinion, I'm teaching a student the basics so that when they get out in the trade, they can learn the trade. Um, You know, it's also a good opportunity for them to figure out what aspect of the trade they enjoy and what they're good at it. So when they get out there, they can really thrive. Um, you know, my residential wiring class, my commercial wiring class, they're uh, uh, approximately 120 hours of instruction, right? Hands-on instruction. Um, of that 120 hours, maybe 20 of those is me talking to the students, right? Like in a lecture environment. The other 100 hours is them actually doing the installations. That's the equivalent of three weeks, 40 hours a week of work, right? So while it takes a whole semester at eight hours a week times 15 or 16 weeks to get that 120 hours in, which seems like a lot, um, when you put it into perspective, you know, you dump somebody out into the electrical field for three weeks, what do they know at the end of that three weeks? Mm -hmm. You know, it's minimal. Um, Now, we're laser focused on teaching them what they need to get started in the trade, right? But you know, we're, we're getting them the basics, and, and when they get out there, they, they really refine what they learn with us. Uh, there are a few uh, schools out there, uh, SUNY IT, um, SUNY Oswego, uh, Pennsylvania College of Technology, name a, name a few, mm-hmm. um, that do have uh, – Dell High, I believe, has a four-year mechatronics degree that what we can transfer into. Um, so, yes, a student can opt to continue their formal education. Um that typically opens up more doors of opportunity for them, which gets their hands less dirty and makes them a little bit more money. Um, but as far as the 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 Bob Ristow, one of my former colleagues, one of my instructors, uh, retired a couple years ago. He calls it the dirt under the fingernails, folks. You know, if you're a dirt under the fingernail folk, uh, you're probably good with that two year degree, and you're going to go out there and start your career and still make a heck of a lot of money. And make a heck of a lot of money. 
Just checking our time. I don't want to keep you here all day, Jim. I, we I'm do having fun. I'm having fun. This I'm, is I'm, great. I'm, yeah. Good. I'm, I'm going to be horribly embarrassed when I listen to this, though. You know, I can't believe this. Is that what my voice really sounds like? You know, that's, <laughs> you hate listening to your own voice. I'll tell you, yeah. I don't I don't mind it so much on the recordings, but when yeah. I do video work yeah. and yeah. I see my, like, we just did a promo video for, yeah. uh, for Five Towers. And yeah. We had to interview me on it, and I'm like looking. I'm like, man, I look like shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm like, and I sound yeah. like a jerk. I'm like, yeah. is that what I sound like? Like, are you yeah. serious, man? Yep. I was uh, in the in my little rant at my students today. You know, telling them how they're they're young and 18, and and this is the way young 18 year olds act. So I, I don't hate you for it, kids. You know, I get it. I remember being, uh, you know, where where you're at. I said, you know, my buddy when I was younger. Uh, brought a video camera everywhere we went you know we went to a party he brought the video camera. we went on spring break he brought the video camera everywhere we went you know and a couple years ago we got together and we watched these videos oh that's and I hilarious was mortified. like i was mortified <laughs> i mean i was i give me those give me those discs no right, give, give it right. to me i want to burn it it was it was horrible <laughs> you know and i'm telling these kids like listen I, when, when I tell you that you're you're inexperienced, ignorant, naive, and it's not an insult, it's just a fact, kid. So open your eyes, open your ears, oh my and listen, God. listen to what these folks around you have to tell you. You know, don't make the mistakes. If I met my like 23 year old self, I would kick his oh, ass. Oh, <laughs> horrible, horrible. Yep, yep. It's terrible. Yep. Oh, so um, I know we want to get to to try to wrap it up here. Um, you know, I'm sure Derek's got another question too, so I don't want to hog the mic, but I guess what what word of advice if if would you give Jim to any high school kid that's trying to figure out what to do? Um, so talk to people that know, right? Uh, we're surrounded by you know professionals out there, their parents, their uncles, their aunts. Everybody knows an electrician, and if you don't, call one. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Talk to people that have been there and done that, you know, um, and and find out, ask questions. What what is the day? What do you do every day? Time Warner guy, Spectrum guy comes to your house. Talk to that person. What are you doing today? How much how much money do you make? Uh, a kid asked me how much money I make. I'm telling them because that they're curious. They want to know that they're looking up to me, right? Spectrum guy comes to your house and some kid says, "Hey, tell me about what you do for a living. Where did you go to school? Where where was your training?" Um, what happens if this goes wrong? Did they give you a truck? Do you get free cable? How much money did they start you at, right? Those are all legitimate questions for a kid to ask an adult who's looking to decide what they want to do when, when they become an adult, right? Um, I, I'm asking you guys this before we started the recording. I'm yeah. all curious about how you guys got to where you're at. You know what I mean? And I almost ask you, how much money are you making with, with your business? You know what I mean? I wouldn't go there because um, I'm not 18 and I know better. But well, I, I told you I'm, um, in, I'm in the cat food. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, be curious and don't be afraid to ask people questions in a professional manner, you know. Um, I think that's a challenge for kids where, you know, we're in the, uh, you know, I, I, my, my saying is that they're, they live under the social media rock, right? Uh, their communication is now mm-hmm. through text and, and social media, uh, and they, uh, they don't have the social skills that we'd love them to have at this point. And there's a learning process that has to take place there. But, um, you know, talk to your teachers, talk to your guidance counselors, you know, talk to the trades people in your life and have, have an intelligent conversation with them. You know, I talk to kids all the time. What's your dad do for a living? Ah, I don't know. What? How what do you mean? What, what, where does he wow. work? Oh, he works for GE. What's he do there? I don't, I don't know. Something with, I don't know, something with wires, I guess. I don't know. Have that conversation with your dad, your mom, you know, find out what they do for a living. Do they like what they do for a living, you know? Um, it, it amazes me sometimes, you know, how, and I was fortunate because my dad took me to work with him, you know, and, and we talked and I watched him work and I watched him talk with other people. And, and I became, I never realized it until actually I was, I bought a bucket truck, uh, a couple months ago and I've got my girlfriend's eight year old in the truck with me while I'm wheeling and dealing on the phone, you know, and I hung up the phone with the guy and I, I turned and I said, Hey Jay. I said, so the guy wants six grand for this truck. I said, what do you think? I said, I want to offer him five. What do you think? And he says, well, Jim, he goes, if you offer him five, he might get mad at you and not sell you the truck. And he goes, is, is, that, is, is that difference enough to not get the truck? But I'm looking back at him, I'm like, he gets it. He's listening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so not enough of that's going on. You know, kids need to 
realize that the all, all the answers are around them. They just have to tune into those answers, you know. Get away from the screen and have yeah, some conversations. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yep. Yep. I'll tell you. Good advice. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So if uh, someone wants to learn more about the now aptly named Blue Collar College, uh, also known as HVCC, uh, and your program or what you're doing there, and please let your marketing department know that I'm happy to work with them. We will do that. Uh, so, uh, but if they want to learn more about the programs and, and everything we're talking about here, how do they how do they find it? Uh, step number one, hvcc.edu. Stay away from those screens, kids. Go to hvcc.edu. <laughs> uh, go right to admissions, all the programs. They can search by program, um, all the information. The courses are all laid out there. Uh, phone numbers for and emails for advisors and so on. And, uh, you know, if they uh, are interested and they make that phone call, they can get uh, an appointment set up with myself or one of my colleagues to come through on a tour. Um, we do a few open houses uh, every semester, so they're welcome to come into that. We just did one a couple Saturdays ago. We had about 35 uh, potential students and parents walk through and, and, and get the grand tour. And, uh, you know, if there's more demand for that, we'll do more open houses, you know. So, yeah, yeah get on get on the website. That's a great place to start. Um, read about the different programs. Make those phone calls. Talk to the advisors. Uh, ask Talk to the instructors. Is there is there an instructor in this program uh, that I can talk to? Because, you know, those are the folks that know the trade, uh, know the program, and uh, can, can not only – advise them as far as you know the the degree of the program the courses and so on but can also answer questions you know regarding the trade what what's the day in the life of a lineman look like what's the day in the life yeah. of an electrician that works for this contractor look like you know yeah that's great um, awesome yeah thanks again for coming in yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for, for having me i enjoyed this yeah, yeah absolutely anytime and uh, if you're listening and you, you know someone that's maybe uh, thinking about college, you know, we're, we're coming up on high school graduations all around the country here. So, uh, you know, if you've got someone trying to figure out what they're trying to do, maybe send them, uh, send them this show. Have them listen. Listen to Jim talking about some of the programs over at Blue Collar College. Share the show. Share the that's show. It. Make your kids listen to it. Tell them, get out there and go get it. There's lots of opportunities out there. Yeah, tell them we're cool. We swear on the podcast. Yeah, so, uh, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. You can, of course, find us at bluecollarstartup.io. Uh, and please, if you are a aspiring or budding blue-collarpreneur, you know, check out our uh, blue-collar blueprint that we have on the website. Some free content for business owners uh, and it's you know it's real life business owners telling you how they do what they did uh, or did what they do or do what they do and all the stuff so uh, check it out thanks everybody